Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. So good to see you. You look, you guys look so good. Look around all the wonderful people that are here today. Come out of COVID, come out of hibernation, come out of whatever it is. We're just so glad that you are here today. And those of you that are watching online, we're equally blessed that you are with us today online. And uh, if I know some are not able to come, somebody said yesterday, I ache to be back in the house. You know, we try our best to do safely. We have social distancing on the sides. We spray in between services and do everything we have. We have a cleaner everywhere. You can clean your hands and you can wear a mask. You can wear a mask, a face, a helmet. Uh, you can wear full uh, gear if you want and just uh, you, you feel comfortable where you are. But we are so thankful that you're here today. It's been a great day. In the first service, we had five adults baptized in water. Isn't that awesome? That's so awesome. We love that. Well, let's get into the Word. I'm going to go back into Matthew chapter 6 again today. We've been there for a couple of weeks as we're in this uh, series of uh, the book of prayers. If you have your Bible or your iPhone, your iPad, however you read the Scripture, let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive, I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father God, we come to you today and we thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you, first of all, that of all the places that we could be right now, we're here in the United States of America. Lord, I thank you that I was born here. I thank you that you have given me the opportunity to hear your word, to know your word, and the freedoms that we have. We don't take those lightly, Lord. We thank you for that. We also pray for the people's groups around the world that are not in freedom. We ask you to send revival across this world. You said before you come back, there would be a great revival of every tribe, of every nation. And we are looking for that. We need that right now, Lord. Father, as we look into this passage again today, I ask your anointing. I ask the Holy Spirit to anoint my words today because without you, I can say or do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, we'll be going back there. If you've missed the last couple of weeks, please go back and watch those online because I think they'll be a real help. So we're going to look a little bit more about this prayer that some people call the Lord's Prayer today. I heard the story this week of two men boasting one day to one another how much Bible they knew, how much theology that they knew. And one said to the other, oh, you don't know as much as you think you know. I bet you $10 you can't recite the Lord's Prayer. The guy said, I'll take that bet. said, of course I can. And then he said, now I'll lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. The other guy laughed at him. <laughs> and he reached in his pocket and he gave him $10. He said, I had no idea you knew how to recite that. <laughs> There's a lot of people who recite the Lord's Prayer that have no idea what it's about. 
People do it in civic meetings. They do it sometimes before ball games, or they used to. Now, now I don't think we do anything but cuss now. But anyway, uh, used to be like that. And uh, a lot of people use that and don't even have anything and don't even know what it's about. Well, let's look at that again today because it's such a great, great passage for us to look at. Um, and so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. I assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they may be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. In this manner, therefore, pray. Let's pray it together. Let's say it, shall we? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We'll stop there and you can go ahead and read the rest of that. And it talks about that when you fast. But I want to focus in on prayer today. I love this verse, Matthew 7 and 7. It's on the screen. Would you read it with me? Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. Open to you. Yes, I was quoting from another translation there, so I got to get it, get it right. So we all have been things in our life that we ask, that we keep seeking, we keep knocking. And uh, how many of you, if, if I ask this question, how many of you would say there are things that I have been asking for, seeking for, and knocking that I haven't seen happen in my life? Would you raise your hand? Would you be honest enough to say, look around, there are people that are simply, raise their hand and say, there are things that I'm asking, things that I'm praying for, and I haven't seen them happen in my life. Now, that's critical because how we handle that time before the answer comes will depend on whether or not we have longevity in serving the Lord and finishing strong and enduring until the answer comes. So rather than me, you know, sometimes people say, if I say something, they say, well, you get paid for that. But sometimes when we have other people share their testimony, it's like, oh yeah, that makes a difference. So today I want you to hear uh, Christina and Donnie as they come. They have a great testimony to help us how to understand this when we pray and the answer doesn't come like we want. So would you Welcome them today as they come, Christina and Donnie. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thanks, John. Okay. Hi. Uh, <laughs> we did this once, but we're still nervous, so bear with us. Um, that is our family on the screen up there. We are Donnie and Christina Simmons. This is our home church. Um, we love the Father's house, by the way. I'm sure y'all know that. <laughs> um, we have, um, I've never really felt like I knew how to pray. Um, I never felt like I did it right, and when we started to pray as a couple, which hasn't been all that long ago, maybe a couple years, um, we always felt really awkward, I think, because you're just vulnerable um, when you pray like that, even though we've been together since we've been 21 and 22. Um, we're a little bit older than that now, um, but I'm pretty sure it was love at first sight for him. Of course. Yeah. So, 
Secret to marriage, yes, dear, and pray to Jesus. You'll be married forever. Um, so, but it did happen pretty fast for us. We were engaged within three months of meeting and married within that same year. Um, but it was on the fifth anniversary of his sister's death. Um, she was killed in a car accident when she was 16 and he was 18. Um, so we entered into the marriage with his unresolved grief um, from the loss of his sister um, and the loss of the, you know, the life that his family may have had um, if she hadn't been taken from them. Um, so I thought that just my faith and his caring qualities that he would just be miraculously fixed, I guess, that we wouldn't have any troubles. Um, that wasn't the case. Um, you can put up our first daughter's picture. So um, we carry a rare gene um, that makes very sick babies. Uh, this was our first daughter that was born, and um, she lived for four days. Um, and the pain that I witnessed his parents go through and him after losing their own child and then having to watch their son lose his child um, was you know, almost more than I could bear. I felt like it was my fault um, that I couldn't make a healthy baby for them to love. Um, but through the whole process, I never quit praying. I never quit believing. Um, probably sounded more like got a lot of complaining to God, but that's prayer as well, if y'all are wondering. Um, so I knew everything was going to be okay. I didn't think it was going to be perfect, um, but I knew it was going to be okay because that's God's promise to all of us that it's going to be okay. Um, so um, it happened a second time. Actually, I had a miscarriage. And then because they, they told us that there was a 75% chance that we would have a healthy baby. So we never thought that we shouldn't try again. Um, but it did happen again. We lost another little girl. Um, but again, you can put up the next picture. Um, after the loss of our second child, and I'm pretty sure this was for his mom's benefit. Um, I hope she's watching. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> um, this angel appeared on their tree outside their home um, after we lost our second child, um, which was, I think, another way of saying it's, it's okay. We're, it's going to be okay. His, their daughter was taking care of their grandbabies in heaven. Um, so, and I've always told Donnie that all of this was his fault, of course. Um, and he agrees, right? I do. <laughs> um, I think that if I, I've always told him that if he would just have agreed to be okay with adoption in the first place maybe we wouldn't have to go through all this heartache and mess um, but you know our sense of humor got a little twisted through all of the um, heartache that we went to so we, it's either laugh or cry in our house is what we say and so we choose to laugh so we sort of pick at each other um, so after we had lost two babies um, on Christmas morning, 2003, um, a mother that was a drug addict walked into the hospital in Ocala, and she was pregnant with two baby girls, twins. And the doctor that we had happened to approach about adoption um, knew our story and our background, and he chose us to be their parents. Um, they were here for the first service, but they went home with Papa. <laughs> um, they just turned 17. Told you we were a little older than 21 22. So um, a lot of things happened in between then and fast forward to four years, but I had an unyielding desire to get pregnant and he didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, he said, we have the girls, we're good, we don't want to go through that again. I guess a little premonition on his part um, because we did get pregnant again. It was a baby boy and he also passed away from the same um, genetic problem. So it happened a third time. 
Um, but my mom, through a friend of a friend, found a 22-year-old mother who had an eight-month-old girl and was pregnant, six months pregnant, with a baby boy. Um, and I think I told him at the time, because he was still saying no, um, I said, well, I'm going to talk to her. If it's a boy, I'll know my answer. She already had her answer. Yeah. <laughs> I made up my mind. I kind of do that, yeah. And then he just agrees. Um, so um, we did adopt um, her little boy. She chose us to be his parents, um, and he just turned 12 in September last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh. So like I said, a lot did happen through all of that. Um, there was a lot of communication. We stopped communicating with each other. Um, he stopped talking to Jesus for a time, which, how did that go for you? Not good. Don't do that. You need to talk to Jesus. That's not good. Um, but we worked through all of that. Um, we started taking care of ourselves um, physically, um, spiritually, and our careers were on track. Um, I decided to go back to school. Um, and then this happened. You can show the, yeah, the gross picture leg. So in 2015, I was diagnosed with cancer in my femur. Um, I had a tumor growing from the inside of my femur bone. Um, and like I said, I did not have everything together at this point. I still had a, a lot of unresolved um, you know, pain. And when this happened, um, it brought all that back. And I, you know, I said, I don't understand. I mean, I don't, I've already been through so many things. Why am I going through this now? Why me? What have I done to deserve any of this? Um, and so I was in the shower one day, crying, screaming inside my head, that God, so that nobody else in the house would hear me. And I distinctly heard him say, I was very angry at him, by the way, um, this is what I've been preparing you for. So he knew what, all of this was already going to happen. He knew that I had faith in him. Um, and in that instant, I knew that my faith was strong enough, my body was strong enough, my support system was strong enough um, that we could endure this challenge just like we had all the other ones um, too. Because without him, I'm, and I am hopeless and weak. Um, and so this is why I don't understand when people say they don't believe. Because all of these miracles that have happened to us, how could you not believe that there's a God that's up there that loves you? So our whole married life has sort of been a series of miracles, a little bit. Um, and Donnie likes to say that God is slow. <laughs> but my answer to him is always that miracles take time. Um, so I used to wonder, you know, maybe we were more special than everybody else because we got all these miracles and other people didn't, but that's not the truth. Um, he loves you just as much as he loves us. Don't quit praying um, because our story is a story of faith, hope, and love, but it's not our story at all. It's always been his story for us to tell and give him the glory, and we've always been very grateful for that. Oh, show that last picture. I forgot that last time, too. So this is what's in my leg now. Um, I forgot to tell that part. So when I got the diagnosis, the first thing that the doctor said was amputation um, because if I had been diagnosed with chondrosarcoma, which is bone cancer, um, that's probably what would have happened. And um, so they sent my cultures to Johns Hopkins, which is like the foremost leader in all things bone cancer, and they didn't even know what it was. They couldn't tell what it was, so they took amputation off the table. Um, so this is what I ended up with, where they cut a hole in my bone replace that with a plate, and so now I have a plate and seven screws in my leg, but 
Um, I am at the gym all the time, doing all the things <laughs> at Al's gym. <laughs> so, and also, hey, before you run off, let me, let me just ask a question. I'm throwing you off. I was going to tell you this, but then I thought if I tell you, you'd get nervous. <laughs> you know, I hear you say, wow, we're so, we're, so, we're so blessed because we have all these miracles. But yet in my mind, I'm having, you're so unblessed because of all, your, all the difficulties you've gone through, all the um, babies that you've lost, the sickness, the struggle, and all of that. So how can you just say somebody that's here or watching online, how, how, did you, how do you keep your attitude uh, in him that you know that this is going to be all right? How do, you, how do you handle that this is going to be all right when it's not all right? I've always believed in him, even since I was a child. Um, and I think that's why it's important for us to do ministry to the kids. Yes. Um, if you instill that in someone from a small age, um, that's all you know. That's all I've ever known. He's going to make everything okay. Right. That's it. Like, right. that's period. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, we appreciate you sharing that. Thank you, Donnie, for all the words you said. <laughs> now, when I, when I listen to that, and, and by the way, I didn't say this in the first service, uh, Christina, but the Lord reminded me that in heaven, your arms will hold them. In heaven, your arms will hold them. And I just say that as a word of encouragement to some of you, who, some of you who've had an abortion, some of you who've lost children, and you've given your heart to the Lord. And one of these days, in heaven, your arms will hold them. I don't know how that works, but your arms will hold them. I don't believe there'll be adults. I believe there'll be babies. And uh, if you want to hear a, read a great book on that, Jack Hayford actually has a book called In Heaven, Your Arms Shall Hold Them. So as I'm hearing her talk about asking and praying, and I ask, and I said, sometimes we ask and the answer doesn't come the way that we want that. How do we, how do we deal with that? And I, I think in studying about prayer, I've discovered that there's a secret of the ask. I got to say that right. A-S-K, secret of the ask, right? And secret of the ask. And here's what, it, what I think it is. That in our intimacy with the Lord, we get to the place that his wants become our wants and our ask becomes what he wants us to ask for. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 37 and 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. When you really begin to pick that verse apart, here's what it says. That God will give you the desire to desire what he desires. 
Is that amazing? But it doesn't happen unless you have an intimacy. In that passage, it says you go into your secret room, you close the door, and you're there, and you're developing that intimacy. And I can't explain it to you, but something happens spiritually when you get alone with the Lord. He begins to put desires in you that you desire to pray about, that you desire to deal with. In fact, in John uh, 15 and 7, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. In other words, if I'm abiding in him, he's the, he's the vine and I'm the branch, right? The branch doesn't go along and say, okay, I'm going to tell the vine what to do. No, the root of that tree or the vine gives strength, gives direction to the branch. I mean, an orange tree, you gotta, we got an orange tree in our backyard. That, that orange branch out there doesn't stay at the end and say, come on, bring fruit, bring fruit, bring fruit. No, it has nothing to do with it. It just abides. But if it abides at the right time, that fruit comes. So here's the thing about praying and having intimacy with the Lord. That as I spend time with him, I heard Joyce Meyer, and Anita listens to Joyce Meyer every morning, and so I get a little excited. She's good, I think. And so she's good, I know. I don't know why I said I think. But anyway, today, she said something. You may not be a person who prays five or six hours. She said, I'm not either. But she said, I pray. She said, you may be a person that your intimacy and your prayer time with God, catch this, I thought this was brilliant, is that you just sit down in the chair and you say, I'm here. And you don't say anything else. I'm telling you, when we get to that place that we can just sit in his presence, he begins to give us strength. And he begins to drop desires into our desires that we can pray. So in this passage, the disciples said in one passage, Lord, teach us to pray in Luke. But he, and he, he gives them the same prayer. But this prayer is not to be recited. This prayer is a fill-in. It's a guide for us. He said, I want you to pray like this. One young boy prayed this prayer, and he said this. Our Father in heaven, how would you know my name? Isn't that true? Aren't you thankful sometimes that God knows your name? But it starts off with what? Our Father, right? It doesn't say my Father. It says our Father. You know why? Because you're not an only child. You've got other siblings. Look around you. If, you, if the people sitting beside you are Christ followers, believers, they're your family. They're part of your family. Some of us are closer to our church family than we are to our biological family. Can I say here an amen for that, right? That, because that's, that's very true. And listen, if you're not connected to a family of God, a local family of God, you're hindering God answering some of your prayers. I believe that any unchurched Uninvolved believer is blocking the father from meeting needs in their life because they're not involved with their siblings. There are people that say, well, I'll just come to church, but I don't want to get involved. So what you're really saying is, I want to come and sit at the family dinner, but don't ask me to bring anything. Don't ask me to get up and cook the, and move, clean the dishes. Don't ask me to talk to you. I just want you to come and let just give me everything I need. No, we're never going to have everything we need. Some of you, some people those that are watching online, the reason some of your prayers are not answered is because you're not plugged into a local church. And it may not be this church. Our stylistics are not for everyone. 
One dear little sweet lady, when we came in today, she said she had her mask on, so it's hard for me to see who she was. But she said, I just want you to know that we have found our home. We love this place. It's so awesome. It just brought tears to my eyes. There you are sitting right over there. It just brought tears to my eyes as she said that. Because I know that there are other people who come in and they say, wow, uh, music's a little loud. Wow, you're, you don't wear a tie. Wow, you know, you say really off-the-cuff things sometimes. Uh, wow, this happens and that. And we say, and they say, I'm used to something different. I say, okay, I pray with a group of pastors in this city every month. So what's your background? What would you like? I'll recommend another church to you. Why? Because we're not out trying to keep people from other churches. I want you to find a local church where you can say, I like those stylistics and I'll fit into those. And it doesn't mean you like everything. You think everybody likes everything I say? My wife doesn't like everything I say, right? So I know that's not the truth. But you find a place where you believe that God has planted you. Amen? But you need to find that. You can't. Every Christian needs to be a ministering, functioning part of a local church. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews. This is not the time to pull away and neglect and blame COVID for not coming to church unless you have immunity difficulties, okay? As some have formed the habit of doing. Look at this. Because we what? Because we what? Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. Look at the other neighbor that feels neglected and say, I need you too. In fact, the scripture says we should come together even more frequently and eager to encourage and urge one another on as we anticipate the coming of, of the dawn. Church involvement has to do with the father engagement. Church involvement has to do with father engagement. If you want Heavenly Father to engage your prayers, to engage you, then you need to get involved in a local church. People say, well, no, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. I don't need the church. That's crazy. If Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is his bride and he shed his blood for his bride and he's coming back after his bride, how can you say, I don't need the church? That's like saying to me, Terry, I love you. I think you're really great. We can go hang out sometime, go get a cup of coffee, but don't bring your wife. I can't stand your wife. You I like, but I don't understand her. You know what? We're not going to have coffee. And I'm wondering about Christ followers, believers, who have such a little understanding about the local church. No local church is perfect. No pastor is perfect. We've seen all of those. And guess what? No member and attender is perfect either, right? So let's just all look around each other. We're just a bunch of losers saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, right? Uh, no big eyes and little use. We're all in him, in him, in him. So listen, I encourage you. If the Father's house is going to be your home, if this is where God put you, get into growth track. You say, what's growth track? Well, growth track happens every first, second, third, fourth Sunday of the month. It happens in a little room back there, and uh, it's a place to help you connect with the church and make a difference with your life. You can jump in at any time. That's the starting point. That's the starting point. And then what I'd ask you to do is to find a place to volunteer, to serve, to serve. Find a place to help your siblings, help your siblings, help park cars, help greet, uh, be an usher. Um, we have a group of people that come and clean. What's that? You can help me. 
help the youth, all right? Help the kids next door. And we have a, we have a group of people that come every week and they mow the yard. They clean this place and all of that sort of stuff. And we got a new building that's going up out back that'll house our new golf cart transporta- transportation to transport people back and forth. So you may say, you know what? I could be a golf cart driver to help people that can't get in real easy. So Mike volunteered in the last service. We said, no, you got to play drums. You can't run the go-kart, all right? And some of you I know would like to be super sport and trim it up a little bit, right? And uh, make that thing go. But where is it that God wants you to serve? You say, well, if you ask me to preach, I'll serve. Nope, not going to happen. You know where Chris started? Pastor Chris started parking cars. That's where he started. That's where he started. Almost every one of our pastors that we have started not in ministry. They started in the ministry to people that have a need. So you say, where should I start? Well, fill out a connection card and on there say, send me information about volunteering. And guess what? Little TT, Tanya, she'll be on you uh, like white on rice and she'll fix you up and she'll find you a place to help you serve. Because why? Because the more you get involved with this church and reaching our community, the more God is going to answer our prayers. Life groups are coming up. Those are our small groups when we get together and we meet, and they go for uh, seven, eight, ten weeks. And so if you get in a group that you don't like the people, guess what? It's not a life engagement. You can get out of that in a few weeks, and you can find somebody else. And if you get in another group and you find that you don't like anybody in there, then maybe what you need to do is to say, everywhere I go, I am. Just saying. But let's look at this real quick. We gotta, we gotta, I got to finish here real quick. I'm not going to go into detail. I was going to go in detail on these, but I'm not. I'm just going to give you the points because I know if I didn't do the fill-ins, some of you would spend all week long saying, I wonder what that fill-in was. I wonder what that fill-in is. Like if I leave one fill-in, who, who are you? If I leave one fill-in un, unanswered, look at the hands go up. You already know what I'm going to ask, right? So I want to help you out today. I love you guys. You're so, you're so special. And if you miss it, just... You're so special. Bless your heart. And if you miss it, just watch, just read Al's post on Al Cardiello Facebook, and you can have a synopsis of the service, all right? So here's what to ask for. Jesus uh, it tells us what to ask for. If we say, okay, then if I want to ask what he wants me to ask for, what do I want to ask for? It's in this prayer. First of all, ask God for his glory. Ask God for his glory. In verse 9, He says, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, we want his name to be glorified, his kingdom to come. That that first part there is not just to spend time in just saying, Lord, you're awesome and worshiping his name. But it's saying, I want your name. I want who you are to be identified in my life and the life of people that are all around and all around. I want your name. Your, Your name is holy. Your name is not to be used uh, you know, isn't it amazing how some people use the holy name of the Lord in vain? You know, I never hear anybody when they hit their thumbs say, oh, Lucifer. <laughs> but I hear people when they hit their thumb, Jesus. Yeah. Or I hear people do, oh, my God. And it's just a, it's just a phrase like Buddha Duda, you know, it's just that. But no, listen, his name is Holy. Be careful how we use his name. He said the first thing we want to pray, we want to pray that the glory of his name would fill the whole earth. 
The second thing he wants us to ask for, he wants us to ask for his gifts. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. In the Old Testament, he gave them manna daily, right? And so we're to pray every day for our needs. We talked about that in the last week, uh, and that's really good if you want to go back and look at that. Deuteronomy 8 and 3 simply tells us this, that he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make, that, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So every day, I want to express my needs to him. We live in America. And so I don't know many of you woke up this morning. Now, some of you that are on a fast probably did. I don't know many people woke up this morning and say, God, we need food today. Not usually in America. Sometimes there have been times like that. Because we take care of ourselves. We pride ourselves in that. That if we have a need, why well, we wouldn't ask anybody to pray for that. We wouldn't ask God. We're going to go out and get a second job. We're going to take care of that. But he's saying here, I want us to have such an intimacy that you know that I want you to ask for what you need. I, I want you to ask for the gifts that I want to give you. Everything that we have is a gift from God. You say, I'm a self-made man, a self-made woman. Okay, just stop breathing. Let your brain turn off. No. The very breath that you breathe right now is a gift from God. Is a gift from God. Scripture says he already knows what we need before we ask. But listen, this is important. Listen to this. You might want to write this down. His knowledge is not always equal to his actions. His knowledge is not always equal to his actions. He may know you have a special need. But you never ask him about that. You never take it to that. And sometimes the Lord does nothing but in response to the prayers that we pray. And number three, ask God for his grace. Ask God for his grace. Ask God for his grace. Four words that will change your life. Forgive us our debts. Verse 12. Four simple words. One little four-year-old boy prayed it like this. And forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. I love that. I love that. We need his grace. We need his forgiveness. You said, but I thought, I thought, I thought that uh, when, I, when, I, when I invited Jesus into my life, he forgave me of my sins. Yeah, he did. The cross, he forgave you. He, he obliterated those. So when, he, when we're looking at this verse, and Lord, forgive us for my wrongs, we're not saying, or forgive me for my sins, we're not saying those, those sins that have separated us from God because they're filled with the cross. Here's a picture. Instead of a judgment picture with a judge... The picture here is a family meeting with a child who did something wrong. And he comes to you as, your fa as his father and he says, Daddy, I'm sorry, but I, uh, I, I'm the one who pushed Susie over and gave her a bloody nose. Now, you don't contemplate kicking them out of the family. That's judgment. No, you say, thank you, son, for telling me that. You know, it wasn't right, right? Yeah. But dad, would you forgive me? Yeah. You see, when I come daily before him and say, Lord, forgive me. And if I know what it is, I'm going to tell him. But if I don't know what it is, I say, God, forgive me for those things I don't even know that I do. I want to keep a short record. I want to be sure the intimacy with my father. You see, we need to receive his grace and we need to reflect his grace to others, right? Number four, ask for guidance. Ask for guidance. Ask for guidance. 
So I'm asking for his glory. I'm asking for his gifts. I'm asking for his grace. I'm asking for his guidance. I sound like a good Baptist preacher today, don't I? With all the four G's. I had somebody send me a text a while ago and said, hey, thanks for the four G's. I really like those. Verse 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. What am I doing there? I'm acknowledging my tendency to wonder, to get off course, to get off course. So I'm saying, Lord, lead me, guide me, keep me from evil. Keep me from the temptation. Keep me from those areas that, that I struggle with. Not just temptations, but trials. Look at James chapter 1, verses 3 and 6. James 1, 3 through 6. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, that it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith and no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven, tossed by the wind. Ask for wisdom in the middle of your trials. Ask for guidance in your life today. And so those are the things, those are the what that we should ask for. Those are the what that we should ask for. And that covers every area of our life. And then people say, well, okay, that's the what, but then how do I pray? Let's go back to what we said last week. This is a review. We use the acrostic of P-R-A-Y. P stands for what? Praise. Starting off by worshiping Him. R stands for repent. Acknowledge our sinfulness and how we need Him. A stands for what? Ask. Ask what He needs. And let's just don't ask for ourselves. Let's remember that we are his partners to be asking for people around the world. There's a great website you want to go to, operationworld.org. Operation and if you'll go to there, they'll show you how to pray for every people group around the world. They'll break that into a daily way for you to pray. There'll be videos there to help you know how to pray for Muslims, how to pray for people in different nations. And that'll be a great thing. P-R-A-Y. Y stands for yield. I want to surrender my life and everything I am to the Lord, to the Lord. Wow. Let's ask the right what's and let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. You say, you know what? I sure do know that I need a relationship with the Lord. There's so many things in my life and there's some of you that are here today or watching online and you say, you know, I've been, I've been trying to do better, but just about the time I think I'm doing better, I, I, I mess up again. You know why? Because we can't do it on our own. If we could do it on our own, then Jesus would not have had to die for my sins. But God so loved the world, so loved you that he wanted you to be part of his family, his kingdom, that he sent his son Jesus to open a door to pay for your sins so that you could come into you so that he could come into your life wow we're, we're going to pray right now and I just encourage you that if, if you don't know the Lord I'm going to encourage you to invite him into your life you say well I don't know how to do that Terry well I'm going to lead you in a prayer I'm going to lead you in a prayer I can give you the words but you have to surrender your heart 
There's someone here today or somebody watching online that years ago used to, used to really be a Christ follower, but things have pulled you aside. And I'm going to pray with you today. Would you pray this prayer with me? Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. You rose from the dead so that I could have new life. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.